when he gave me life. I was dead in my sins, hopeless, any dream of life crushed. In the grip of darkness, without any true source of light, chose me when I had nothing to offer him, but that's who he is. His love flowed through my soul. He said, awake, awake. Center, you can stand with us as we begin our Good Friday service. I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet.
shed for us. Thank you for washing us, Jesus. All right, church, I'm going to invite you to be seated as we're going to read the Easter story. to read the scriptures recounting Jesus's final hours before the cross. From the Gospel of Matthew chapter 26 verses 17 to 29, the Last Supper. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he reclined at a table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to one another, Is it I, Lord? And he answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man for whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? And he said to him, You've said so. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And he said, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. In Matthew 26, 36 to 39, we read about the Garden of Gethsemane. And then Jesus went with him to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 27, 20 to 31, Jesus is now before Pilate. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. And Pilate said to them then, what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? And they all said, let him be crucified. And he said, why, what evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the an people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. Let's all stand together and we'll sing all hail King Jesus together. Thank you. 
crucifixion found in Matthew chapter 27 verses 35 to 54 and when they had crucified him they divided his garments among them by casting lots then they sat down and kept watched over him there and over his head they put the charge against him which read this is Jesus king of the Jews then two robbers were crucified with him one on the right and one on the left and those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and he, we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him for he had said I am son of God and the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way from the sixth hour there were darkness all over the land until the ninth hour and about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying Eli Eli lemma sabachthani that is my God, my God, why are you forsaking me? And some of the bystanders hearing this said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took his punch, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and all the rocks were split. The tombs were also opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Throughout scripture, we see that Jesus fulfilled prophecy. And I would love to read an example found in Isaiah 53, 3-7. It says this, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. 
Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. I would like to invite you all to stand as we continue to worship together. You can stand.
church, we're going to sing a few choruses of a song we all know very well called Amazing Grace. And the band's going to kind of cut out, and we'll just let the voices take it. And let's just reflect on the incredible grace that was given to us. Thank you, Jesus. for that amazing grace today, Lord. We don't take it for granted, Father, and we remind ourselves of that beautiful grace today. You may be seated as we invite Pastor Jason to come up and share. Sometimes even technology freezes. But what we're doing right now is on this side of the sanctuary, there is a spool of yarn that is going to be pushed through the entire sanctuary. And I want you to do two things at the same time. I want you to listen to what I'm saying and pass the yarn. Okay, just simply just pass it along. You may have to get up and you may have to walk to the person beside you, but it's just going to begin to make its way through each and every one of us. And you just kind of unspool it and just hold this scarlet thread. Maybe rest it on your lap, hold it into your hands, but we're going to be passing it out across all the rows. It'll take a couple of minutes. And that is absolutely, absolutely okay. I want to talk to you briefly today, quite briefly, about his amazing grace and a very important acknowledgement that is required of each of us. Everyone agrees that there is something wrong with the world. Where we differ is in our belief about what is wrong and ultimately who's responsible. And as long as there have been groups of people, it has been like this. This is not new when people look at the world and agree and therefore disagree about what is most wrong. You know, there's an important acknowledgement that unlocks his amazing grace. I want to remind you that it's not enough to acknowledge that Jesus existed. Nor is it enough to acknowledge that he was a prophet. Furthermore, it is not enough to even just acknowledge that he is God's son. The devil does all of those things. The Roman soldier who actually activated in, in, in crucifying Jesus acknowledges that it is God's son. 
But Jesus says there is something different that is required to be men and women. Not having faith, we all have that, but faith in Christ. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. No, not from our differences, but our shared human condition. Jesus said that there be, be beyond the differences, there was something lurking beneath called sin. And to better understand how humanity handles why Jesus came, he told a parable. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated therefore others with contempt. Two men went into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I get, and then Jesus changes and says, but the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, forgiven, receiving of grace, rather than the other one. And then Jesus said, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. For Jesus, there are two types of people in the world, those who have faith in themselves and those who put faith in him. Years ago, after reading this precise passage to his congregation, G.K. Chesterton said, the only proper Christian reply or human reply to what is wrong with the world is two words, I am. I am what is wrong with the world. No, not everything is your fault. Yet like we are doing representative today, each one of us holds in our story the thread of sin. None of us can claim to be without it. Sin touches all of our lives, and because it touches our lives, through our lives it touches others. We're responsible. I want you to think about it this way. The parable that Jesus told became the exact picture we see as he died. Jesus said there was two men, one self-righteous, one you know, hurling contempt and the other beating his breast, receiving mercy. And when we look to Calvary, we see Jesus crucified with one on his left who derides him with contempt. And one crucified who is just as guilty as the one on Jesus' left. Turn and acknowledge that he is a sinner and say to Jesus, remember me. A most, power, a most powerful prayer in its simplicity, would you remember me? He acknowledges not only that Jesus is the Son of God, but that he was in need of what Jesus was doing. What makes this Friday good is not only the finished work of the cross of Christ. What makes this Friday good is what you and I do with it. Let me be very, very clear. Jesus is a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses, but loved ones, he never sympathizes with our wickedness. He never condones it, he nor does he overlook it. It needed to be atoned for. We live in a world that believes that almost every wrong can be overrided by compassion. But some things are so insidious that compassion, as wonderful a virtue that it is, is not strong enough. You see, sin on that Friday 2,000 years ago didn't need compassion. It needed to be conquered. And whether or not you admit your need for grace makes this Friday just a Friday or a truly good one for you. Tyler Stanton says this, the good news is that you are loved by God, loved right now without qualification or restriction, loved unconditionally for whom you are, loved in a way that you cannot lose. 
The bad news is that you find this hard to believe and even harder to experience it. Your instinct is and will forever be to drum up your own lovableness. Become lovable in some way that you can define and control and become in your own eyes what you already are in God's. The good news, loved ones, is called grace. The bad news is called sin. And following Jesus, yeah, it starts with a prayer. It starts with a decision, a confession, a repentance of sin. But it doesn't stop there. It is evident in ongoing trust in his saving grace and then his grace to make us more like him. And if your decision to follow Jesus, to acknowledge your sin and accept his offer of amazing grace, if it is genuine, it leads to lifelong discipleship in following Jesus. And so as we take a moment and reflect and sing, you remaining seated, us singing over you, I want you now just to take that scarlet thread and to place it on the floor and to pick up your communion element and hold it in your hand and reflect in what am I trusting my salvation? Is it in the grace of God or is it in my own goodness? your communion element and I'd be honored to lead us all 
in prayer. Together, let's from the front to the back, whether here or at home, let's together pray and say, Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me just the way I am, yet loving me enough not to leave me the way I am. And so I acknowledge my sin. And from this day forward, trust in you. Where you lead, I will follow. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, after giving thanks, he took bread and he broke it. And he said it was representative of, our, of his body that was going to be broken for us. And watch what he said. When it comes to what's wrong in the world, we acknowledge I am. When it comes to what saves the world, we acknowledge a singular greater I am. Jesus said, when it comes to communion, remember him. Not now you, remember him. So in remembrance of Christ alone, let's partake. And then after supper, following giving thanks, he took the cup and said it was representative of his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And once again, he said, take it and drink it. And as often as you do, don't think about yourself. Remember me. And so let's acknowledge and remember Jesus in this moment and partake together. What makes this Friday good, as we've mentioned before, is he who knew no sin became sin so that you and I, guilty and dead in our trespasses, exclusively because of Christ, can experience grace, forgiveness, mercy, and new life. Let's together stand as we sing.
are alive. So we will boast in nothing else than in Jesus Christ. I love that line. Well, it has been an honor to be together for Good Friday here live and online together. If you have been here and have decided to give your life to Jesus, to serve him and to become a follower of him or recommit your life to Jesus, we would love to know about it. We have a prayer team that is here. If you want prayer, please come for prayer. And as well, if you've given your life to Jesus, please come and tell one of our prayer team members so we can reach out to you, have you fill out a connection card, reach out as pastors personally to you and just help you in the next steps. Because when you give your life to Jesus, the question is now what? What's next? It's a lifelong commitment, a lifelong journey. And there is a section on our website and it is committed to this to help you know the next steps in following Jesus. It's attending Sundays. We're not just here Easter and Christmas. We're here every Sunday. Make it a priority to attend church, to be part of community. As well, reading your Bible daily is so important as God's word dwells in you and becomes alive. As well, take the step to be water baptized. That's next Sunday. I want to encourage you, if you have not signed up for water baptism, we'd love to have you come and be baptized and join Life Track. That's about how you can become involved at Life Center, learn more about Life Center, become part of our community. So check out lifecenter.org and there's a section about next steps on that. As well, tonight, it's Good Friday. Parents and students, there is no youth tonight. Be with your family, remembering what Jesus has done. And tomorrow is Waiting Saturday. Now for those of you that registered, be here nine o'clock sharp, but sadly, registration is closed. We are full. We have over 400 coming for prayer, for breakfast, and for the egg hunt for the kids. So sadly, if you haven't registered, next year. However, Sunday's coming. Say Sunday's coming. We want you back on Easter Sunday, 9 o'clock and 1045. Come early. You're not going to want to miss it. We're opening up with a big opener. Say, I'm not going to be late. Okay, I know. About 10 minutes into the service, it's full. So I want to see that before. 10 minutes before, be in your seats. Get ready. We are celebrating what Jesus has done. We've leaned into the sorrow and the suffering and the grace today of the blood of Jesus so we can rejoice in the resurrection of our King. So we'll see you on Sunday. Let me leave with this blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift his countenance towards you and give you peace. Happy Easter and have a blessed day. See you Sunday.